0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Alright, I'm talking today about recovering the wonder of Christmas. And I, I, I kinda think, before I wanna talk about Christmas, I actually wanna talk about relationships. We had a number of really big wedding anniversaries, actually, uh, down here this uh, week. And uh, I find it really interesting, the way that relationships work, and if you've been in a relationship and married for a very long time, you will understand this, that when you first meet your partner, the sparks fly, don't they? I mean, everything about it is wonderful. Everything is wonderful. Everything they wear looks amazing. Every date is magical. Why are you laughing down here? (laughs) There's a big laugh coming from you, Laura. Everything everything they do gives you butterflies. Every word that comes out of their mouth just makes you feel absolutely wonderful and you do your best to impress, don't you? you? There's flowers and there's chocolates and there's lovely little poems or little love notes left lying around the place. You make sure you wear deodorant whenever you go and see them and you, you make sure you leave the room to pass gas. All of those things the sparks, they just fly. And you thought you'd never see them in any other way. Fast forward a few years, and you find yourself still in love, but just a little more aware, a little more aware of their habits, a little more aware of their sounds, a little more aware of their wind currents. And often, We stop trying as hard, don't we? The flowers and the chocolates and the poems become a little less frequent. It's like the sparkle just begins to fade. The magic becomes a little less magic. And you know what I've realized is that the same is true, it's not just for relationships, but the same is actually true when it comes to the wonder of Christmas. Can you remember what Christmas was like as a child? Do you remember if you think back to how you felt at Christmas when you were just little? Can you remember lying in bed on Christmas Eve? You just, like, to fall asleep was absolutely impossible. And you're lying there for hours and hours trying to listen to see if you can hear Santa coming down your chimney or climbing through a window to put presents under your tree. You are desperately trying to see if you can hear something going on on Christmas Eve. And then in the morning, you wake up like, ping! and it's like still dark outside. It's like 4.30 in the morning and then you have to wait what feels like forever, like hours and hours for a grown up to wake up because you're then allowed to get out of bed and start opening presents. Seeing Christmas through the eyes of a child is something quite special as you remember the wonder of it all, as you remember the twinkly lights and the colors and the wrapping and the music and the magical feel that came with Christmas. But as we grow older, it's a little bit like that relationship where the shine begins to dull a little, doesn't it? We lose the wonder and instead we call it the silly season because it really is chaotic. It's silly, it's busy. There are so many events we can't keep up. Like how full is the calendar right now with prize givings and Christmas parties and all sorts of different things? The supermarket becomes absolutely frantic. Everybody suddenly, on the 1st of December, suddenly starts driving like lunatics. I don't know what it is about December, but all of a sudden we no longer remember how to drive anymore. And you and I both know that Christmas is not Christmas without a little bit of family drama sprinkled in with the Christmas dinner, right? And my question, not just for you, but for me too, my question for myself over this Christmas season has been, where did the wonder go? Where did the wonder go? And I've got a very practical, very simple message for you today because I'm not really talking about the wonder of the twinkling lights. I'm not really talking about the wonder of the Christmas music and the wrapping of the presents and the trees and the decorations. I'm talking about the wonder of the real gift of Christmas. I'm talking about the miracle of the birth narrative of Jesus. Where did the wonder and all that go? And I worry for myself, I worry that in the busyness of it all, I worry that in the stress and the productions and the shopping and the prize givings and the end of year wrapping things up and the decorations and all of those things, I, I worry that I've started to miss the magnificence of why we do it all in the first place. I worry that we've missed the point of it all and that we've lost the wonder that we once carried about this wonderful gift of Jesus Christ coming, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, coming from his divinity and meeting our humanity. But if we compare these twinkling lights and the sights and sounds of the modern day Christmas to the very first Christmas, well, that didn't seem very wonderful either. Like I was thinking about it, I was looking back and thinking, Well, where's the wonder in all of that? I mean, Mary and Joseph's ride into Bethlehem was a donkey. He didn't even have tinsel on him. Like, that's not very wonderful, is it? They spent hours trying to find a place to stay with no room in any of the inns. Finally, they find a stable that they can rest in, and Mary gives birth to Jesus and lays him in a manger, AKA a feeding trough, and then they're surrounded by animals and hay, and as you can probably imagine with the cows and the donkeys and the sheep and the pigs and all sorts of things, there's probably a myriad of other things surrounding them as well as the animals, all the things that come with animals. Like, that's kind of different to the sights and sounds of Christmas that we experience today, isn't it? And yet, there was wonder in it all. I want to pick up our story from Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, I'm going to read a whole chunk now. Verse 8 says this, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. There will be a sign, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, praising and glorifying God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, there's a word in here that I want us to focus our attention on, and that word is the word amazed. The word amazed, and in its original translation, is translated as "thalmadzo." And this word, Thamazo, it means wonder, to marvel, to admire. And I just want, at the outset of this Christmas season, we are not very far in. And so at the outset of this Christmas season, I wanna say to us, let's recover the wonder of Christmas. Let's make a decision now in our own individual lives and as a people of God to recover the wonder of Christmas, the same wonder that the shepherds had. The same wonder that the people that heard the story had, the same wonder that Mary had in our story. And what if, what if we could get back to that place of appreciating the gift in the same way that they did? What if we could get back to appreciating and seeing the gift once again with wide-eyed wonder? What if we didn't lose the marvel? What if we didn't lose the admiration of what it is that Christ did when he came down to dwell with his people. How do we do that? Well, we can take a look in the account that Luke gives us at the birth narrative. And we see in the book of Luke that there is one story, but two responses. One story, two responses. The first response is the shepherds. The shepherds went away praising and glorifying and spreading the word. And the second response was Mary. Mary, it says, treasured up all she had seen and heard and she nurtured it in her heart. And I wanna suggest to us today that you and I could offer those two responses in our attempts to recover the wonder of Christmas this year. We can either, like the shepherds, we can have an outward expression and we can, like Mary, have an inward reflection. Let's look at that outward expression for a minute, shall we? I love this picture that we're painted of the response from these shepherds. And I think that if we're going to understand their response better, we can actually, we actually need to understand what it was like. We need to understand what these shepherds were like in Bethlehem at the birth of Jesus, because today, when we picture a shepherd, The mental image that comes to mind is a little boy in a bathrobe wearing a tea towel on his head that we see in all the nativity plays. But we have to actually know that the first century shepherds in Bethlehem were nothing like cute little boys in bathrobes. In fact, they were actually despised. They were despised, they were transient, they were pretty much homeless, because of the work that they did with the sheep, they were actually not allowed to participate in the synagogues in corporate worship. They would not have been invited to dinner parties, certainly not a baby shower, certainly not the birth of, a, of, of an awaited king. And yet, one of the many wonders of Christmas, of the Christmas narrative, is that God, our creator, says, I'm gonna send the birth announcement to, of my one and only son, to this group of rejected, stinky, smelly outcasts that nobody else wants to hang out with, I'm gonna send the announcement of the birth of my son to those guys. It is one of the many ways that God highlights to us that his gospel is an all-access gospel. And that when he sent his son, he sent them not just for the ones that were seemingly looked like they should have been invited, he sent them for the ones that weren't. It's no wonder the shepherds marveled at what they were invited to participate in. This was something they'd never experienced before. And I love their response when they had seen him they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child and all who heard it were amazed, amazed, wonder, marvel, admiration at what the shepherds had said to them. And in verse 20, it says, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told to him. How incredible, how incredible that these shepherds, these outcasts, were who God chose as God's plan for the announcement for the birth of Christ. Let's just pause here and talk about announcements for a minute, shall we? Because announcements these days are very different to announcements that took place when I got married and had babies. Like, social media has taken announcements to a whole new level of crazy. Like, when we got engaged, We telephoned our parents on a landline and then phoned our three closest friends, and that was that. It was announcement done. When we uh, found out that we were pregnant with our oldest son, I updated my Facebook status. Bex Green is going to be a mum, that's it. And then when I found out that I was having a boy, Bex Green is going to be a boy mum. That was it, status update done, announcement over. And yet today, oh boy, today you get engaged but you, you can't get engaged because you've got a book, a live videographer and photographer to record the moment live as it's happening or it didn't happen. When you, when, there's, a, there's the pregnancy announcements, there's the pregnancy shoot, there's a gender reveal I draw the line at birth photographer. Yeah. Guys, the millennials and Gen Z's, we need to pray for them because the pressure for announcements is on. Like it's serious stuff. We don't know what it's like for them. I do not envy anyone making any kind of announcement today. I will give you one thing though, Gen Z's, social media age, I will give you one thing. When you celebrate and announce, you celebrate and you announce well. We all know and it's done beautifully and creatively and we all marvel. What happens is that your celebration allows us all to look at what is happening and go, wow, that's awesome. How cool. And that is exactly what the shepherds did. That is exactly what these shepherds processed their wonder outwardly. They told people, they created a moment and a space for people to go, wow. That's awesome for others to marvel. They glorified God in their expression. They praised him and did all of this in such a way that others could marvel and admire too. And so how does that look for us this Christmas? Well, the shepherds simply told the story. They told the story in a way that glorified and praised God and I think you and I can simply do that too, we can simply tell the story. We can invite others to marvel and admire him too. Maybe it's in our conversation around the dinner table or the staff room with family, with friends, with work colleagues, instead of just talking about the stress of Christmas, or the shopping mall, or the car parks, or the busyness, or the oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm gonna get through this season. What if we changed the narrative and we began to talk about the reason we do it all in the first place? What if we shifted the conversation to one that tells his story? What if we highlighted the nativity? In different ways, there's this radio campaign on Life FM at the moment where they're trying to bring back the nativity. They're trying to encourage people to put the nativity in their windows, display it in their homes, put it on their front lawns, to bring the nativity back into sight so that we can tell the story once again. What about when you send your Christmas card, opt for a nativity one instead of a reindeer one? What if what if you played Christmas like worshipful Christmas songs instead of Snoopy's Christmas. No offense if Snoopy's Christmas is your favorite Christmas songs, but what if we played song, Christmas songs that worshiped and glorified our Savior? Come on, why don't we this Christmas decide on simple ways to recover the wonder of Christmas through telling his story in a way that glorifies him? The second thing that we see in this story, the second response is the inward reflection. I love it, it it describes what Mary did in verse 19, it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Other translations say that Mary kept things in her heart and thought about them often. Can I tell you there is so much power in our own reflection, in our own meditation and rumination, one of the great wonders of Christmas is how on earth will I get jingle bells out of my head after I've heard it in the last store that I walked into? Because that's the power of a Christmas song, am I right? Like, what, how is it that the, the song that I heard in a store at 9am is still spinning around in my head as I'm cooking dinner at 5pm? Like, it's so annoying, isn't it? It's so frustrating. It's been going around and around all day, but that's how our brains work, isn't it? Thoughts that we repeat become automatic, and we no longer need to think about thinking about them because we're suddenly just thinking about them. And I have realized that if I don't want to forget, or lose, or miss the real significance, wonder, and power of Christmas, then I need to put wonder and admiration and marvel of Christmas on repeat in my mind. I need to do as Mary did. I need to think about it often. How often do you think about it? How often do you think about the real reason for Christmas? Or do we get so caught up in all the busyness and the stuff and the lights and the drama that comes along with Christmas Maybe we need to rewire our brain in such a way that it's not jingle bells on repeat, it's Jesus. It's Jesus, it's the reason why He came. And so I make, I'm gonna make a habit this Christmas and I invite you to make this habit too. Why don't we dwell on it? Why don't we think about it often as Mary did? Why don't we allow space in your day to meditate on it? There are so many simple ways that we can do this what we can do is simply set time aside. Every single day in the morning when you first get up, let it be the first thing that comes into your mind. Let it be the first thing that you dwell on or think about. Try and push aside all other things before you open up your phone and look at your emails or your text messages or social media or whatever it is or your WhatsApp. Why don't you instead start with the Lord? Let that be the first thing that, that is in your heart and mind. Perhaps. In your devotion times, you could actually read the birth narrative of Jesus in Matthew and Luke. Maybe you could spend some time going throughout Scripture and finding the prophecies that were fulfilled by the birth of Jesus Christ. Really meditate on His Word in this season. I'm going to ask the team, the keys can come and join me now. Uh, Steve, my darling husband, has this really interesting habit. When we sit down to watch TV, uh-oh, it's right. When we sit down to watch TV at night, uh, we might have something on the television. It's probably a Christmas movie, Christian one, don't worry. Uh, and we're watching something, but Stevie likes to keep his options open. We've got the TV, the Christmas movie on the TV, but there's always some kind of sport on, isn't there? And so while the TV is going and we're trying to watch together, this this Christmas movie, he will often also have his laptop open with the sports going. You can see smiles just going across the men's faces in the room right now. But there's never just one sport on, is there? No, no, there's always multiple. And so not only does he have his laptop with sport going, he's got his iPad with sport going on the other side but that is not enough to distract him from the reels on Instagram. And so he sits scrolling Instagram with not just the TV with our family movie, but the sports on one screen, sports on the other, and the reels going on Instagram. There is so much noise and so many things and distractions that I so often have to pick myself up and leave the room to watch what we want to watch in another room in order to eliminate all of the noise and distractions that are taking my focus away from the very thing I sat down to watch in the first place. And I have to say, <laughs> <that> <laughs> I have to say that if we are going to really connect with the wonder of Christmas and not miss what it means, then I must eliminate some of the noise that distracts us so often. If I'm gonna focus on the thing that should be central, then I need to be willing to lay aside what is peripheral so that it prevents, it it, it isn't stealing my focus any longer. What does that mean for us in this season? Well, it could mean leaving your phone in the other room when you sit down to spend time with the Lord. Like just eliminate the distraction if that's a distraction for you. In fact, here's another idea during this Advent season in order to really give you space to consider the meaning of it, you could do a social media fast. For, the, for Advent, as you lead into Christmas, take time make space away from all of those things that keep us constantly connected with the things of the world so that we can connect with the things of God, eliminate what distracts and attracts. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I'm coming to a close in a minute, but when I was uh, working on this message, I sort of started thinking about all the different ways that we could do this, and it's actually, if you look in your Elon Christian Center app and the sermon notes. I've put a list in there of all the things and all the ways that we can actually, just ideas of ways that we could recover the wonder of Christmas. I've got things in there like setting aside time to read the Christmas story in Luke or in Matthew as well. Set up a nativity scene in your home. I've got there planning a giving project, a way to give back. To others, as a reminder that Christmas is about giving and not just receiving. If you want some ideas for that, we've got a little thing called the Christmas box. Um, I've gotten there going to church services that reflect on Christmas. Also, again, if you want some help, there's a really amazing Christmas production happening here. Uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day services. Just things that refocus our attention, right? playing Christmas-centered Christmas songs, family devotions on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, sending Christmas cards that convey the true message of Christmas, praying together on Christmas morning. Like, how powerful would that be? Acknowledging the meaning of Christmas, watching Christ-centered Christmas movies, um, doing a media fast, researching the prophecies fulfilled by the birth of Jesus. Whatever it might be, just do stuff that helps you recover the wonder of Christmas. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning him, concerning what they had been told about this child and all who heard it were amazed. They marveled, they admired, they appreciated what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary, she treasured up these things in her heart. She pondered them. Shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all of the things they had heard. One story, two responses. Let's recover the wonder of Christmas this year. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we we just sit now and in admiration and marvel at the gift of your Son, whom left his divinity took on our humanity, fully God but fully man, to let us know that he is not a far off God, but he is God with us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us open our eyes, give us a new revelation of what this means in our lives individually. Lord, let us not walk through this Christmas season getting caught up in all of the peripheral things, all of the commercial things, but let us really understand, acknowledge, appreciate, admire all of the things that we're really celebrating this Christmas. And God, give us courage. Give us courage to tell your story in a way that others might be able to marvel and admire you too. Father, as we interact with family this season, as we send Christmas cards, or do the things we'd normally do. Help us, Lord, to bring you into all of those things, even to those who might not expect it, even to those we don't normally mention it to,